the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There's always this battle within us between the flesh and the spirit. That's why you have to crucify the flesh. That's why you have to make no provision for the flesh. That's why you have to walk in the spirit. And one day, when we go to be with Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us we will receive a new glorified body and we will finally be free from the flesh. As a Christian, living in a sinful world will be a challenge for you. Humans consist of both flesh and spirit, and if our spirit and our flesh duke it out, the flesh will win. The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, today, Pastor Dan will continue reading through the book of Obadiah, where you will learn that because our physical bodies can perish, but our souls cannot, we can still go on to live forever with Christ, if we are believers. It is the Spirit of God that gives spiritual life to our human spirits. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Obadiah, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He says, you should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor laid hands on their substance, their wealth, their possessions in the day of the calamity. It's wrong, according to God. Look at verse 14. You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the day of of distress. When the Babylonians attacked Jerusalem, many Jews tried to escape and flee the country and head to the mountains of Edom, and the Edomites would not allow them to enter their land. They actually set up roadblocks at the border and prevented the Jews from escaping from the Babylonians, turning them back at the border, even capturing some and delivering them back into the hands of the Babylonians. You know, just like Numbers 20, they just want to come into their land. They're just trying to pass through the land. And the Edomites sent out their army and stopped them from passing into their land. And the same thing happens when the Babylonians lay siege to Judah and Jerusalem. The Edomites send their army out to prevent the Jews from escaping into the land of Edom. They turn them back. Send them back home. For Edom's violence against the Jewish people, God will cut them off forever, he says. He goes on to say, verse 15, For the day of the Lord upon all nations is near. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your own head. Verse 16, For as you drank on my holy mountain, 
so shall all the nations drink continually. Yes, they shall drink and swallow, and they shall be as though they had never been. God's judgment of Edom, what he's telling us here now in verses 15 and 16, is that God's judgment of Edom is a picture of the judgment of all nations that will occur when Jesus Christ returns to the earth. All nations, all nations throughout history, all nations will be judged by Jesus Christ. And all nations will be judged, listen, on the basis of their treatment of Israel and the Jewish people historically. Turn back with me to Joel chapter 3. Again, this is looking to when Jesus Christ returns at the end of the tribulation to establish his kingdom on the earth. Verse 1, for behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. They've cast lots for my people and have given a boy as payment for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Here, the Lord says, I'm going to gather all the nations and I'm going to enter into judgment with them on account of my people, on account of Israel and how those nations historically treated my people, Israel. Now, go with me to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 25. Jesus talked about the same thing in the Olivet Discourse, the sermon that he gave on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem, overlooking the temple. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 Again, this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. These these are Jesus' words. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So this is the beginning of the kingdom age here on the earth. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Look at verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The brothers of Jesus Christ, the brethren of Jesus are the Jewish people. He's talking about the judgment of nations for the way that they treated the Jewish people people of Israel. Verse 41, then he will also say to those on his left hand, the goats, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger 
and you did not take me in naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me, then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Again, the brethren of Jesus Christ are the Jewish people. And nations will be judged on the basis of their treatment of Israel and the Jewish people. It's part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. So go back to Obadiah now. So this is the basis of the judgment of Edom because of their mistreatment historically of Israel. That's why God's going to judge them. And then in verse 17 now, Obadiah is given a vision of the kingdom age. Now remember, he's writing to people who their capital city, Jerusalem, has just been conquered by the Babylonians. They've been carried off into captivity as slaves. There's only a few people left, a remnant of Jews left in the land. And now he begins to give them a vision of the kingdom age. After Jesus Christ returns to the earth, he will judge the nations and then he will establish his kingdom on the earth centered in the city of Jerusalem. And so Obadiah has this vision now of the ultimate restoration of Israel. When Jesus returns and reigns upon the earth, he says, but on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. And there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Right. The house of Jacob was just looted by the Babylonians and the Edomites. And now he says in the kingdom age, the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Verse 18, the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame. But the house of Esau, that would be Edom, shall be stubble. They shall kindle them and devour them. And no survivor shall remain of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Esau or Edom will no longer be a threat to Israel and the kingdom age. This is not the final word. God will have the final word. You know, Esau in the Bible is a picture of the flesh. Esau was a man ruled by his flesh. Esau constantly opposed Israel. And in the same way, our flesh constantly opposes the spirit and the work of the spirit in us. Galatians chapter five, verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And just like Edom, the flesh constantly opposes the work of the spirit and the flesh tries to prevent us from following the spirit and walking in God's ways. And there's always this battle within us between the flesh and the spirit. That's why you have to crucify the flesh. That's why you have to make no provision for the flesh. That's why you have to walk in the spirit. And one day, When we go to be with Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us we will receive a new glorified body and we will finally be free from the flesh. Praise the Lord for that, right? That there is coming a day when the flesh will not be a problem for us anymore. No longer be an issue. Just like one day in the kingdom age, the Edomites will no longer be an issue for Israel. 
Now look what he says in verse 19. The south, your translation might say Negev there, shall possess the mountains of Esau, and the lowland shall possess Philistia. They shall possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria. Benjamin shall possess Gilead. We're told here in verse 19, again, he's talking about the kingdom age. He's talking about the land here that Israel will possess, the people of Israel will possess in the kingdom age. Israel will possess the land of Esau. Now, to understand this, it helps if you know a little of the geography of the land of Israel to understand verse 19. Look what it says again. The south shall possess the mountains of Esau, or the mountains of Edom. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Edom, again, was to the south. Edom was a constant threat to the southern border of Judah. Edom constantly invaded into Judah through the southern border, through the Negev. Archaeologists have uncovered over 50 military fortresses in the Negev that were built by King Solomon to protect the southern border from the Edomites. Solomon just built a line of fortresses across his southern border to keep the Edomites out. It was a constant issue for Israel. It was a constant concern. It required constant attention to keep the Edomites out. A lot of resources, a lot of people stationed on that southern border to keep the Edomites out. Again, Edom, Esau, it's a picture of the flesh. We have to give constant attention to the flesh to keep the flesh out. We have to take our cross up daily. And we have to put in boundaries, right, in our lives to protect us from our flesh. In the kingdom age, that southern border, that southern area, all of that's going to belong to Israel. They're not going to have to worry about that on their southern border anymore. They'll dwell in security. They'll dwell in peace. Edom will no longer be a threat. Look at verse 19 again. And the lowlands shall possess Philistia. Uh, your translation might say the foothills there. The word here for lowlands, it's Shephelah. Shephelah. Along the coastal plain, the Philistines lived there. In the mountains of Judah, the people of Judah lived there. In between them was the Shephelah. And the lowlands, or the Shephelah, it acted as a buffer between the coastal plain where the Philistines lived and the Judean mountains where the people of Judah lived and where their capital, Jerusalem, was located and where the temple was located. 
Most of the population of Judah lived in those Judean mountains. And the Shephelah acted as a buffer zone between the Philistines and the Israelites. It's about 40 miles long. It's about eight miles wide. Most of the battles you read about in your Bible between the Philistines and Israel occur in the Shephelah. That's the battleground. And of course, for the people of Judah living up in the mountains of Judah, living up near Jerusalem, they don't want to fight their battles in there. They want to fight their enemy out there, away from the interior of their nation. And so most of the battles that you read about between the Philistines and Israel take place in the Shephelah, in that buffer zone. That's the battlefield. Joshua, for example, and the battle with the Amorites. Remember that story uh, where the sun stands still in the sky for Joshua to finish the battle? That takes place in the Shephelah. The story of Samson and all of his exploits with the Philistines. That's in the Shephelah. The ark that was lost in battle to the Philistines and then later returned to Bet Shemesh. Bet Shemesh is in the Shephelah. That's all in the Shephelah. David defeated Goliath. Guess where? In the Shephelah. In this region there between that buffer zone, between the land of the Philistines and the Judean mountains. The kings of Israel fortified the cities of the Shephelah to prevent the Philistines. Uh, the kings of Israel fortified the cities of the Shephelah to prevent the Philistines from invading into the interior of the country, up into the mountains of Judah. The Shephelah was the first and only line of defense against the Philistines. That's why Israel, they'd go out there to the Shephelah to fight their battles. They needed to stop the enemy out there so that he wouldn't come into the interior. Now look at verse 19 again. Verse 19 says, During the kingdom age, the Shephelah, or the lowlands, will possess the land of the Philistines. They're going to possess all that coastal plain where the Philistines live. It's not going to be an issue anymore. Now this, listen, this is something Israel has never captured in all of their history. Even today, the modern state of Israel, the coastal plain, you've got Jaffa there, but further to the south, that's the Gaza Strip. That's where Hamas fires their rockets from into the land of Israel, even to this day. It's still an issue. It's still a security threat to Israel, even to this day. In the kingdom age, they will no longer have that threat on their western border. They'll dwell in safety. I'll look at verse 19 again. They will possess the fields of Ephraim and the fields of Samaria. That's in the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom that was carried away by the Assyrians in the kingdom age. Israel will be reunited under King Jesus and be one nation again under the Lord. Benjamin shall possess Gilead. Gilead was also an entry point into the land of Israel near Bethshan. Those of you that have been to Israel, you've probably been to Bethshan. You could enter into the land there near Bethshan. Bethshan was kind of the doorway into the Jezreel Valley in the northern part of Israel and the Galilee. And because of that, raiders would come in from Gilead all the time and raid the country. And loot the country. And so it was a security issue. It's interesting that all of this here uh, that they're talking about the kingdom age. 
It's all about securing their borders and, and having safe borders here. Benjamin's going to possess Gilead. You're not going to have this threat coming over from Gilead of invaders coming in and raiders coming in and raiding your cities. Verse 20, and the captives of, of the host of the children of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath. Zarephath was in between Sidon and Tyre in the land of Lebanon today. Solomon possessed that land in his day. But as part of God's judgment against the nation of Israel, they started to lose territory. But here we're told in the kingdom age, uh, they'll possess that land again. As far north as Zarephath, way up into modern day Lebanon. So what is it telling us? Their northern border will be secure and the kingdom age. Again, today, Hezbollah, the terrorist group Hezbollah is in Lebanon. And periodically they fire rockets into Israel. Uh, so even still today, the northern border is not secure for Israel. The northern border is a threat. But during the kingdom age, it'll be secure. He goes on here. The captives of Jerusalem who are in Sepharad, Sepharad shall possess the cities of the south. Now, Sepharad, during the kingdom age, these are captives that have been taken away to this place, Sepharad. Sepharad is identified with modern Spain today. So some Jews apparently were carried away to Spain in the captivity. In fact, Jews from Spain are called Sephardic Jews. You can find like Bethesda, Rockville, there's a Sephardic synagogue down there. Comes from verse 20. Then saviors shall come to Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau. And look at the last sentence. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Uh, This is ultimately where human history is heading. One day Jesus Christ will return and establish his kingdom on earth. And the Bible says we'll return to earth with him from heaven. And all the kingdoms of the earth shall be his. And he shall reign as king of kings and lord of lords over all the earth. Isaiah says the government will be upon his shoulder. All people's nations and languages shall serve him. And he will reign forever and ever. And here Obadiah by the spirit of God shares this vision he's received With the people of Israel who've just lost their nation. Their city has been destroyed. Their capital has been destroyed. Their temple has been destroyed. All hope is lost. They've been taken captive. And here in this vision, Obadiah reminds them of God's plan for them and God's plan for the world. And in the end, Jesus Christ will reign. And one day his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, for I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us then when Christ returns in all glory and power and majesty. And this is what God's saying through Obadiah to his people. Yeah, it looks terrible now. It looks pretty hopeless. But there's coming a day. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Forever and ever. 
listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In today's message, Pastor Dan dove into the book of Obadiah. Obadiah is one of the minor prophets, and he brought a message of judgment to the people. In Obadiah 1, 3-4, he says, The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who live in the clefts of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, Who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, Though your nest is set among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. The people believed they were invincible, invulnerable to attack, but God reminded them that all their defenses were nothing compared to His power. Our God is a God of might and power. He raises up kingdoms and destroys them. No matter how hopeless the situations around you may appear, God is greater and He cares for the oppressed. Nothing is outside His control and no one can escape His rule. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. If you find yourself in the area, we'd love to see you. Join us for worship this Sunday. You'll find service times and information at our website, calvaryec.com. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. Well, that's all we have time for today, but we'll see you right here again next time for another message on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.